0: I like to think of putting music projects out as like a snapshot of your journey. Um, And so, you know, if you just sit on it for a long time, you kind of like grow apart from the project because like, you know, your interests change, your musical tastes change, but the project's still sitting there. the first cell phone you had uh it was a probably
1: one of those old like t-mobile flip phones or something probably
0: okay so my grandma had like an old nokia that was the first cell phone i remember experiencing probably like late elementary school and we would always steal it my sister and i would always (laughs) steal it and play (laughs) snake on it but the reason I'm asking is I found this mobile phone museum. And it is basically just a site that is documenting all of the cell phones throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And so it's like half nostalgia, half like tech history. And it is pretty interesting. You got the Blackberry with the keypad. You got the uh the slider phones, you got the flip phones. And those
1: blackberries were hot for a minute. That's right, That's right. Everyone wanted one of those.
0: Um, and some, some we're kind of like going back to that a little bit because there are like phone companies now that come out with a, uh, a phone that you like can't download apps on and it's supposed to be like a dopamine limiting phone and so you would just swap your SIM card and then you can only, I think you can only like make calls and texts and listen to music on it and that's it. Oh wow. So people are like basically becoming so distracted with your iPhone in your pocket that Mm -hmm. they're trying to find ways to like opt out. Yeah. Do you do you have an iPhone? No, I have a Samsung Galaxy.
1: I can't talk to you. No, so anyway, (laughs) this podcast's over. Yeah, the podcast is over. Well, uh, there's this new feature on the iPhone, like uh whatever is the newest uh iOS update on here. But there's uh-huh. this new like do not disturb feature on here where you can have it to where there's like different ones like for do not disturb where you get no notifications and then there's some where it's like a a, a work do not disturb and you can have it to where maybe you only get you only can get notified for maybe like if your wife shoots you a text you know like something important or if you don't want certain apps to not bug you or if you want it to be like a social media one you can i think you can use. That one to where you can select specific apps. So if it's like Instagram, Facebook, you're like, I don't want to get anything, you just select that one, but everything else comes through. Okay. Pretty handy. Yeah, that's nice. Really cool feature, actually. I was actually using it. I set one up for work. So that way, like, you know, if my girlfriend shoots me a text or something, like, you know, something like that will come through, but any other calls or, you know, apps and stuff like that. Cause yeah, it's like seeing that go off all the time. It's just, yeah, it could be very distracting. So
0: yeah. Android has like a similar, uh, program that you can limit your notifications really easily. But, uh, one of the guys I follow, he posted his screen screen time for the week and it Mm -hmm. was an average of 17 hours a day. And he was like, is this, is this good or (laughs) like, do I need help or am (laughs) I crushing it? (laughs) right this is part of my job so um so yeah the mobile phone museum kind of brought me back to elementary school that was fun uh you know they don't make games like they used to or whatever (laughs) um did you see that spotify is creating a super app
1: i i think i saw something about spotify and ai or something but yeah it was like real quick and then and then later on that day i saw this uh I guess like meme kind of thing that Mike Portnoy from dream theater posted. And it was like, this guy makes $3.8 billion a year has made zero <laughs> music and makes a living basically off of musicians and pays them nothing basically. Oh yeah.
0: So it's like a hit piece.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I mean, <laughs> he's fire. not lying. Yeah. But it's like, there's always going to be someone who's going to be like, well, there's this open, no one's doing this you know? Yeah. Well, the
0: suits have always been ripping off the artists. It's just the suits have changed to tech bros now. So Spotify launched a bunch of video features. Um, you know, they've been like working really hard on getting podcasts and audiobooks going. They've been acquiring companies. So they're adding lyrics like real time. They're adding music videos and they're adding video podcasts. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that was like based on the success of, they're Chip big Rogan. podcasters like Rogan. Exactly. Spotify reported that users are more likely to stream, share, and save tracks with an interactive video background rather than static album art. And you see the same thing with like YouTube music, uh, lots of music videos there too. Mm-hmm. So they are basically trying to compete with all of the other video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um And then Apple and Spotify revealed 2021's most streamed songs, uh, Olivia Rodrigo took the top spot in the UK with her punk pop anthem. Good for you. I don't know if you've heard that song, but there was like a bunch of controversy.
1: No, I've heard the name. I have never listened to her
0: music. Uh, so it, it sounds very similar to Paramore. Um, one of the Paramore hits of the mid 2000s oh was there a copyright copyright stuff going on it was like it wasn't sampling but it was just like very similar melody and chords Um, and um haley williams got ended up getting writing credit on the song oh wow because it was that similar nice it's
1: like uh it's like when joe satriani got money from coldplay do you remember that
0: uh, vaguely. What song was that? Do you remember?
1: Oh man. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, there was a,
0: he was a, like, this sounds familiar. Well,
1: because Joe Satriani's a theory guy and he teaches music. Yeah, so totally. he, he knows that stuff. Like if you start taking some chord progression that he did and even using like chord inversions, like he was like, uh, eh, uh, uh, and he was, you know, probably like hearing that on the radio all the time. Cause at one point Coldplay is everywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And he was just like, Hey, actually, blah, 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 blah. Like went in there, like broke down everything. And they're like, okay. All right, here you go. Payday. It's it's kind of tough these days, man. It's like, it's only 12 notes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. To get to be original. Yeah. Um, you've seen the whole thing with Taylor Swift re-recording her albums. Mm -mm. So basically her previous masters. Like of, you know, Fearless and like all seven of her first, uh, her first seven albums are owned by someone else. Oh, wow. and it's by someone that she doesn't like very much. Mm-hmm. And so she just said, I'm going to start re-recording these albums and with my own, like basically independently mm-hmm. uh, with my own label. And then she's just putting in quotes, like in a parentheses Taylor's version on all of them mm-hmm. and so like there's fearless taylor's version and now there's red taylor's version and these songs are getting like more playtime than the originals were mm-hmm. so she's trying to keep it almost exactly the same it's just the vocals are, are new i mean all the everything's being re-recorded but mm-hmm. she's trying to keep it very similar to the original records but now she owns the masters if she wants to put it in movies or tv anything like that the wall street journal did a short article about it and said, Taylor Swift's re-recording of Red is reshaping the music industry. The artist's new recordings, including her 2012 hit album, Red, underscores why the world's largest music company has revamped record deals to block artists from re-recording their music. So they watched her do this and it wasn't, you know, illegal up to this point. And now they're like, okay, we're going to have to start signing contracts that say you can't re-record your music for like seven years, I believe. Yeah. Um, So just a couple of weeks ago, she released the latest batch of re-recordings, a new version of Red. And she's already done Fearless and maybe one other album as well. But they're like hitting really huge Mm -hmm. so recording nearly identical covers of her early albums is the latest step in mrs miss swift's long legal tussle to control her back catalog and musical legacy in its recent agreements universal has been effectively doubling the amount of time the contracts restrict an artist from re-recording their work wow um so she is changing the music industry just by what she's doing uh And it says what Taylor did is a game changer, not just for her fans, but for other artists, she is inspiring artists to re-record their songs and control their music.
1: Wow. That's a interesting thought. I mean, how does that still work as far as copyright strikes on, on other places? You know, like if, you know, if it's very similar.
0: That is a good question. I I wonder how that works. Yeah. I don't exactly know.
1: Yeah. Cause I would think, you know, even if like, let's say you're you know because this is something that's happened to me you know doing yeah. you know covers or like remixes of songs that i've already recorded but you know it's different drums it's different guitar tones and stuff even if there's no vocals it'll still pick it up under the label that released it right so yeah i wonder how that goes
0: hmm. i'm sure it's messy uh it yeah. says 80 percent of the streaming revenue is usually taken by a label and 20% goes to the artist. And when artists own their own masters, they keep around 80 to 95% instead of the label getting 80%. -hmm. Uh, one of the guys I follow, he posted his Spotify wrapped. It was like a parody. And he said, uh, if Spotify was my only income, I would qualify for food stamps. Like basically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is, uh, not a good way to make a living.
1: What was, uh, was it, was he getting a lot of streams and stuff or. Yeah.
0: You're getting plenty of streams, but they pay like, uh, half a penny or even less. Yeah, it was
1: like 0.004. Yeah.
0: Streaming data show that enthusiasm around new releases from Taylor has benefited her entire catalog, including her old recordings, which is true. Because when she did Fearless, I listened to, you know, the original song and then listened to the new one just to hear kind of the -hmm. differences. If I could hear the differences between them. Was it better? This this different, like she sounds way younger on her original record because she was like 16 Uh. or or 18 and now she's, you know, 32 or something Mm -hmm. um wildest dreams taylor's version went viral on tiktok and has been used in nearly seventy thousand videos wow um and she taylor is encouraging fans to use taylor's version of everything of course and um once once the contract runs out like the label will no longer own her masters, her old masters, either, and she they won't be able to like make any money off of off of that back catalog.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, especially if she, since she has a lot of dedicated fans, I'm sure if she goes out there and says, Hey, you know, right. listen to these instead, everyone's gonna do it. So
0: Right. What did you end up uh getting for Thanksgiving sale, Black Friday, Madness? <sighs>
1: Black Friday, Black Friday actually not much uh this is funny As like as time goes on i don't get so like oh man you know i think at this point I'm, I'm pretty content with what i have i mean of course like there's always you know certain upgrades that you would like to get
0: you're content um, with the omega bundle yes <laughs> <laughs> nice no, that's I, enough I, samples
1: i think the only th- things that I got, I got some, uh, some, some Kemper profiles. I got the two Madsen Kemper profiles. It was uh-huh. like 50% off. So it was super cheap. I was like, well, yeah, you know, um, a bunch of cool, like high gain tones and stuff, and then just got some shirts. There's this, uh, company that I like called, uh, Paul bear press. They, they have like okay. a lot of cool, like movie shirts and stuff and like super like comfy material. And they were having a bunch of, uh. Black Friday sales, so I was like, "Oh, cool," you know, not but nothing really that much. I mean, I think that was pretty much it. Like this, yeah, this year it was pretty, pretty chill. I think I think there was some other stuff I was looking at, but I was like, "Yeah," like I was looking at some like SSD drives and stuff, but they were like still not really that much cheaper. So I was just like, "Yeah,"
0: but yeah, what about you? it out. I got the color and character bundle from Aberrant uh, DSP, I think is what it's called. It's like two brothers. They look like they're 20 years old. Um, Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. You were, you were, you were showing those a little bit. They were kind of, kind of like old school. They have a cassette tape
0: and a, and a, like a shifter compressor, Mm -hmm. um, And they're doing, they're making cool stuff over there. So I'm happy to support them. And then I got the pro version of vital, Mm. which is a like freemium synth. Um, it's by Matt Titel, and he did helm, which is, was like an open source free synth a while back that was like really popular. And now this is his new project vital, but he matched all of the payments for the pro version and then donated it to a like tech education charity that, um, teaches like underprivileged children, um, coding and specifically like music software stuff. So it was a good cause and it's a great synth. It has like a unlimited text to wavetable stuff. So I put sound iron in there and I was making it speak. Yeah. I remember that. It's like
1: sound iron, sound iron.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you drag in samples on the free version
1: or is that only uh, for the pro version?
0: So there's no sample import. It's just wave tables. So like you can oh. type, you can like, like I literally just typed sound iron and then it spoke it. Can you control like how long it says each text phrase and all that stuff? Yeah. You can manipulate it. Um, There's, you know, it's, there's plenty of, uh, knobs to turn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's fun. It's definitely fun. Yeah. I was messing Uh, around
1: a little bit with the, uh, with the free version, uh, just kind of real quick, but yeah, it seemed cool.
0: Free synth can't go wrong with that. Exactly. Uh, and then Christmas is coming. So there's free drum machine samples from music radar to kick off like their 25 days of, Uh, Christmas music stuff. And then I also found a dirty spring reverb freebie from bedroom producer blog, it is called the BDB dirty spring. Um, but we also have our own Christmas thing happening. Oh yeah. So we recently came out with desk bell, which is a free library made for the full version of contact. And we are doing a competition, basically involving composing a queue using just desk bell. So there's like half a gig worth of samples and then a four layer modular template, and you can basically just let your imagination run wild and create something interesting.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah, there's a lot of competitions where, you know, you know, and we've done these in the past where you can use, you know, maybe some free I think we had some free like soundscapes or ambiences and then use them with other, other, uh, instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time we wanted to see, you know, really kind of like pigeonhole people into like focusing on using just these sounds just to see the creativity of what you can do. I mean, cause you do a lot of, uh, composing videos usually very seldomly do you ever use like an additional one. And if you do, it's usually like for percussion, you know, or something like that. But for the most part, all of yours are using just the library. And that's only just one person, one person's take on it. So really curious to see what people do with, with the library, especially because there's no limit on style, you know, Mm -hmm. just because it's, you know, 25 days of composing competition doesn't limit it to winter stuff because it's very, all of them would probably sound the same. So it's really a matter of like creativity, originality, you know, of course, you know, production value, stuff like that, because there's a lot of aspects that go into music production, especially if you're trying to be a composer, like production value is probably in one of the like top three things, you know, like, you know, good composition, not just ripping somebody off. You know uh, something original you can't just like take a song you've already done sprinkle in a couple of desk bell samples and call it a day so you know you have and to. And no
0: everlasting that. 10 minute loops either i don't want to sit there and listen to 10 minute loops yeah you know one to two minutes
1: you know like that is a, a perfect amount of time to really you know if you can come up with something a minute to two minutes you know, something that's catchy and sounds good like that's you know most jingle writers probably do stuff that's like 15 to 30 seconds if anything mm-hmm. and that thing's got to be like catchy sound awesome like boom so i mean a gotta minute to two minutes your head. yeah because most of our most of our demos you know for all of our products usually range anywhere from minute to a minute and a half to two minutes or something like that so between a minute and two minutes should be you know enough time to to work something out but Yeah, you have until December 25th of this year. Uh, Basically, all submissions have to be entered before midnight PST, you know, and then we'll have a few days to judge it. We'll announce the winner after the new year. Uh, But yeah,
0: should be. And we're giving some we're giving some sweet store credit. First place gets $500 store credit to Mm soundiron.com. Gets you halfway to the Omega bundle, if that's what you want, or you could pretty much pick up the contact player bundle. Um, there's plenty plenty to get a hold of. Have you listened to the Silk Sonic album? Mm-mm. Who, who's that? So Silk Sonic is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack coming together to make a 1970s throwback album basically interesting. So it's their new it's their new little group. And, uh, you should definitely watch their music videos. They're straight out of the Mm seventies and, uh, they have choreography, matching outfits. The music sounds like Motown it's, it's really nice. Uh, you know, it's definitely, I guess, contrived, like you don't know if they're being ironic and joking or not because they're just like, so over the top, but it's really smooth, great sounding music.
1: Yeah. Did did they talk about how they recorded it at all? Or did they use like any sort of like old school recording techniques or anything or yeah
0: so they got bootsy collins to host it and um he was he named them silk sonic that was their like who gave them their title and they used like a ton of analog gear uh tried to play a lot of things live and then they said like no auto tune and Mm -hmm. just just trying to like go back in time 50 years basically
1: yeah that seems like it'd be a fun process to be in some studio you know some old school studio where like all right this is how we did it you know they had all the tape machines and everything there like that'd be kind of cool because i love that stuff i love the sound of those like old even like even like early was it like the old classic like silent film era stuff like just like you know like how like the old like golden era stuff sounds
0: like i I love that kind of stuff it sounds just like that uh like crunchy tape stuff
1: yeah because it, I feel like nowadays it's never been easier to get like a clean, modern sounding production, even from home. Sure. But to really nail that sound, that old kind of real tape sound, that's something that's not as easy, I think.
0: It's expensive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you can like, you know, emulate it with, you know, with certain plugins, but to really have that kind of sound, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely uh not as easy.
0: Yeah. So speaking of back in the day, um, I've been watching the Beatles Get Back documentary on Disney Plus. Do you know anything about that? Mm. I I think I saw
1: something about that on Disney Plus. The only thing I was watching on Disney Plus was a uh, Hawkeye.
0: You're like Disney Plus is for children.
1: Uh no, Disney yeah. Plus has Marvel stuff, and that's the stuff I like.
0: Right, nice. So so, yeah. so Peter Jackson of the Lord of the Rings, uh you know epics oh yeah he you sold his uh studio right he did yeah he or but he he cut together an eight-hour documentary of basically two weeks leading up to this big live performance that the beatles were working toward in 1969 mm-hmm. and it was basically that like they were huge and they were like on the verge of breaking up and so um both both John Lennon and Paul McCartney, uh, were getting married that year. And so like the fans hated their future <laughs> wives. And <laughs> so they're rehearsing this show that they're and like, there are two weeks before the show and they're writing the songs. So like, they, they don't have the songs they want to play all new songs
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they like are coming together and trying to write like an hour and a half, 90 minutes of new music. Oh, wow! And it's, and it's just like showing all these behind the scenes of them being stressed out and they're like fighting, but they're like politely fighting because they're British. Mm-hmm. And then like on the end of part one, George Harrison is just like, I'm leaving the Beatles and he just walks out and he like wrote in his diary, like that day, he was like, ate lunch, left the Beatles and Sat my guitar down left. Exactly. And they were just like. <laughs> I guess we should talk to George about why he's leaving kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, if you, if you're a fan at all of like writing music, composing Mm -hmm. uh, the Beatles, Peter Jackson, it's definitely worth watching. Um, It is interesting. It is eight hours long. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta buckle up, but uh, just watching them work. It's a lot of just sitting there kind of jam banding it and Mm -hmm. then like kind of muttering it's a lot of like muttering and just Mm -hmm. like puttering around with like humming and whistling and then lyrics just pop up and you're like, I know that song. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a lot of fun.
1: It's funny. That's like how most musicians are like, you know, grab a guitar, you know, maybe for them it's probably like acoustic guitars or something like that. And they're just like strumming a G chord, just trying to like find a melody, just like Mm -hmm. playing around with it. It's like, that's how most of it is. It's just like you know, you're not sitting there like. I mean, unless you're like some just badass, but you know, for for most of us mere mortals, it's usually just like dicking around on some chord
0: and just kind
1: yeah. of you know trying to like figure something out or just like stumble on some melody or something. But you know, even for the greats like the Beatles,
0: it's the same thing. So, um, Quincy Jones did a GQ interview and he is 84 years old. So he got to experience the Beatles mania. And, um, he has a pretty crazy story. He talks about when he was seven years old, he would have to go catch rats in the alleyway. And, uh, so that his mom could cook them. And oh, they would wow. eat yeah. And, um, he talks about like working with Frank Sinatra and like, writing fly me to the moon and just like these crazy stories of his life and he's 84 years old so at the end of this article he says uh he says like quincy jones is about to do some sudoku before bed he says sudoku keeps dementia and parkinson's away he said i'm fighting that like a warrior got to challenge Mm -hmm. the brain use it or lose it and He said that he loves midnight and because that's, that's when something new begins. He says the muses come out at midnight, no emails, no faxes, no calls. And when the rest of the city is fully asleep, that's when Quincy Jones, three months short of his 85th birthday will really get to work. He says, all right, music, I'm writing a street opera for my album right now. Finally, at around 10 in the morning, Jones will go to sleep. Uh, He says, life's an amazing journey every day I think about it. It's just something else. I love every step. And he talks about all the birthday tributes in the works, like a biopic. He's got a Netflix documentary and a TV special coming out. And he says, it's insane. they be thinking I'm 84 and retired. They wrong, man. I'm never <laughs> retiring. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I love that. Like uh, John Williams and Quincy Jones, he's like le- like living legends and they're still writing music, you know? Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know shovel and coal or something it's not like something you have to retire from when you get old
1: yeah i like i like the idea of of like the sudoku or doing like like kind of like brain puzzle games uh in that uh was it my first million podcast where they were talking to rob Deerdick. Uh-huh. you know that was one of the things you know for anyone you know who hasn't seen that they should watch that podcast because that was awesome but there was the one thing where he was like, you know, Hey man, you know, I like to, you know, I like to play brain games, and puzzle games to keep my mind sharp. You know, it's just like amongst doing all these other things of like businesses and starting stuff and startups and all this crazy stuff, you know, still finding time. Like, uh, there was one that I, I got a while back. I think it was like, it's called like luminosity or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they have some cool puzzles on there. And it's funny, my girlfriend always plays those kind of games where she has this one where it's like, you fill up vials, like there's like seven or eight vials and like in each vial, there's like different colors. And you're, okay. the whole goal is to try and like get each vial to have the same color. So it's kind of like liquid, uh, Rubik's cube or something. It's, it's pretty interesting, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool one. Keeps you sharp. Yeah. It keeps you sharp. You gotta do other stuff to keep the mind going to
0: you. Like write music.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I was telling you, uh you know, it, it is like like uh I was, you know, in a little bit of a create creativity funk. I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but you know, sometimes even though you have plenty of ways of trying to get out of writer's block or something, like it's just like working out, man. You got to like do that stuff all the time or else you kind of like not forget how to do it, but you kind of like lose your rhythm. You know, it's like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. But but for your musical mind. You know you gotta yeah
0: it's uh it's the difference of like being cold Mm -hmm. and you know like not kind of being groggy in the morning and trying to do something difficult like physically versus being like warm and you know in the studio with your with your friends playing music and you guys are like ready for creativity to strike
1: you know sometimes i know we've talked about this too where like you forget what plugins you have like what was that plugin that i used for this thing Right, like, because I'm one of those people. Like, if if my mind starts to like go cold a little bit, it I almost like like forget. Even though if I've used it so many times, like, wait, what was it again? So it's like I have to like stay in this kind of rhythm of just like forward movement. Totally. But uh yeah, it's like as you're kind of going along, you're like, oh, remember this? Oh, and then like little things kicking. Oh, what if you try this? Or you know, maybe try using this plugin you haven't really used. Like I remember we were talking about those. uh, I was mentioning that Kilo Hearts plugin. It mm-hmm. has like the cool like transgate stuff. Like I used that on a recent demo for a, a library that's going to be coming out soon. And, uh, you know, it helps kind of give it that sort of electronic stuttery vibe to it. And I was like, oh yeah. You know, so like, like little, it's like those little things that kind of pop into your head as you're working on something, then you kind of start to kind of, oh, all right, calm down a little bit and just kind of get in the flow of, of working on stuff. So that's really what it is. It's like getting into that flow state. That's the hardest part. You know, just yeah. going in, like, all right, it's like walking in the gym. All right. Uh, what machine am I going to use? Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Should I do this today? Should I do arms? I don't, you know, it's like you got to like just go in, grab some weights, start doing something just to kind of like get Loosen everything up. moving. Yeah. yeah. So a while back, I was asking you when we were talking about, you know, how we work or like, you know, how, you know, do you usually work a lot? You know, because I know like we all tend to kind of like, you know, we love our jobs. So it's, it's easy to just kind of work all day you know, sure. and I was like, you know, Hey, you know, like do you usually just end up wanting to sit in the studio all day. And you showed me this article called reclaiming the joy of work. And I thought it was really interesting because it was basically like what I was asking you about. And, uh, there's a few, few things that I took away. I, I copied and pasted some, some stuff from it because I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Nice. Like some of the quotes was like, an idea I occasionally hear some form of is you need to learn to slow down or you can't let yourself be defined by your work. Or if you removed your job, who would you be? You know, just stuff like that. It's like, when you think about it, it's like, you know, if, if I wasn't doing all this stuff, like, you know, do it like, what am I like?
0: Yeah. You yeah. Know? You're you find your identity in that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there's probably a lot of people that find that too. Like with like, especially musicians, like. It's funny, like, even like for me, like I, you know, I got long hair and played in metal bands and stuff, but it's like, I don't go like claiming like, I'm a metalhead, you know, it's just like, it, it, it's, it should be the same way with your work. It's just like, it doesn't define you. It's just like, it's what you like to do. And, mm-hmm. and they are saying, when I think about work, I think about making progress towards a meaningful goal. Raising a child is work. Practicing soccer is work. Growing a business is work. I'm not sure anyone would say you should try to spend less time raising your child or practicing your hobbies. So why do we say you shouldn't define yourself by your work or should spend less time working? And uh, like the, the thing I, I really liked about that was like the whole, like making progress towards a meaningful goal. Like that yeah. right there is like a very important thing that resonated with me. Cause it's like, it's, it's funny. I was watching that movie, uh, is uh, Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Uh, and there was this one part in it that I I thought was really cool. And like, I don't know if would, if it really stuck out to most other people, but for me, it kind of was like, Ooh, you know, it was, a there's these parts where they're showing, you know, these, you know, archers, you know, practicing archery and stuff. And, you know, she was like, if you don't have a target, you know, how are you, how are you going to hit anything? And I was just like, boom, like, uh, you know, that's like life, you know, message, you know, (laughs) Uh, that sort of thing.
0: You gotta have a focus.
1: Yeah, and it's and and the meaningful goal thing, because like when you think about it, like when it comes to work, if you're just kind of like chipping away at stuff you don't really care about, well then it's like that's when it kind of becomes work, you know. Like when you hear people like Steve I say, you know, when you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, even though they will still tell you, you know, you got to do the work, you know. Sure. But it's like the whole meaningful goal thing. It's like when you know, like you know, or even like you know, with you working on Quadril, you know, your artist library, like. That's, you know, the, the goal is like, you know, I have this idea for this thing. I think it's going to be really cool. And it like, kind of like drives you and motivates you to, to, to work on it. It's not just like, all right, I got to make these ambiences. I got to do, you know, yeah. it's like, you don't even really think about it. So it's kind of like, I thought that was really, uh, interesting.
0: I like that. I had a professor who would always say, I play the gig for free. You're paying me to drive there and back. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just talking about like the parts of, of the work that you don't enjoy. That's the part that you want money for because, you know, there are parts of your job, hopefully that you love doing.
1: Yeah. It's funny, especially, um, the whole touring thing,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, the, 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 the 30 minutes or, or 45 minutes or hour or however long you get to play. That's the funnest part, you know, driving to the place, van breaking down. Uh worrying about if you're going to get to the gig or not getting there late, having a tour manager, you know, crack the whip on you Mm -hmm. struggling to get all your stuff up. And then it's like, all right, that's the fun part. And then you got to break it down, put everything back in the trailer, not over, then you got to sell, then you got to sell merch, pack up all the merch, Mm -hmm. go sleep in a van, make sure you face away from the sun raising in the morning, you know, stuff like that. Like that's what they're paying you for. And most of the time when you're touring early on, you're not getting paid much. So that's You're where right. it's like, yeah, that's where you, you do it. Cause you love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this article says it's partially because many people's work is not making progress toward a meaningful goal. It's a shame to spend an unnecessary amount of time on your job at the expense of more meaningful things. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I like that a lot. Yeah real world problems are not about producing the highest quality products in all walks of life. The goal is to hit a quality target with minimum effort. That's another one that I, that I thought was uh pretty cool. It's like, and and this makes me think of like when I first started working for sound iron, you know, and just like talking with Mike and Greg and you guys, and you know, just like how to like automate the process or find ways of speeding up workflow. Like, cause they are so like, you know, key commands like out the wazoo and, you know, just finding ways to kind of like up your productivity level and stuff. And, you know, that, that's something, you know, the, if the more you can kind of like bang out and and kind of make stuff quicker, Mm -hmm. you know, that's another thing that'll kind of make some of the things that you have to do, not as like, uh, kind of draining on the mind sort of thing. Totally. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool article, you know, for anyone who, you know, maybe they just feel like they're working nonstop and just start to kind of feel like burnt you know? out. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's funny. Cause like I, I'm, I meet people sometimes, uh, and they're like, oh, you, you must work like 24 seven, but it's like the, the older you get, you start trying to like balance, you know, the whole work life balance thing. And especially when you work from home, it's like, how do you, where do you find that balance of like, well, I can just go up, go upstairs real quick and just, you know, tweak this thing. Or it's like, you know got to learn how to like set a schedule and like shut it off like all right i'm done i'll come back to it tomorrow you know yeah
0: yeah time management and productivity management is definitely important yeah you're only a couple steps away from the office
1: yeah it's a it's a, a blessing and can be a curse especially it's funny like remember when i first was doing like home studio stuff man it was like you couldn't you couldn't keep me away I would just <laughs> right. want to like, I'd like watch some video in the other room. Like, oh, I want to go try that real quick. And then you go in, load up a session and you're like doing like EQ moves on a kick drum or something. And you're like trying to, you know, get it all, get it all going.
0: Totally. And that's what he says in this article. This is Nat Elazon. He says work essentially comes in two forms work that is not meaningful to you. And thus should be completed to the minimum acceptable threshold with the least energy possible. And work that is very meaningful to you. In which case you should pour your heart and soul into it. Mm -hmm. Um, he does have a caveat. He says, even if you write for the love of writing, you eventually have to stop editing and call it finished. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were talking about a couple episodes ago about shipping things gotta eventually, eventually it has to be done. You know, you can come back to it, but it's gotta be, (laughs) it's gotta be complete. You gotta share it.
1: Yeah. Especially when you're, I think working on music, you know, cause I think for most of us, you work on an album or something, you listen to it maybe a year later, you're like, oh, it's still, still pretty cool. You know, I, I dig it maybe two years. You're like, oh, it's all right. I don't love it as much. And then three years go by, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? I need to write something else. Like, you know, it's, so it's like over time, even if it's like stuff that you've written, like, yeah, you're all, you would just be like basically rehashing material you already did. So it's like, at some point, like you said, you got to just call it a day on it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, there is always room for improvement, but at some point, yeah, you got to just, you got to ship it.
0: I like to think of putting music projects out as like a snapshot of your journey. Um, and so, you know, if you just sit on it for a long time, you kind of like grow apart from the project because like, you know, your interests change, your musical tastes change, but the project's still sitting there. And so if you can just release the project when you're still in that phase, that's the best time to do it when everything's kind of fitting together. And then you can come back to it Mm -hmm. as like a piece of history or like a picture that you look back like a photograph and you go, oh yeah, I remember that Christmas. I was depressed about this and like, I wrote this song. For this reason, you know what why, I mean. So, why are you
1: Why are you depressed on Christmas?
0: I'm the Grinch. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, that that's a great analogy because it 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 really is. It's like taking a picture of yourself and then like posting it on Facebook three years later when you look totally different. Right. Has, you know, you don't really connect with it versus like you know this was. What I was doing at this time, you know, it it really is the, the same way, especially like if you wrote a piece of music while you were traveling, you're like, oh, I remember that because, you know, I was in my grandpa's basement and, you know, I loved hanging out with my grandpa and it was just like a special thing. But I think for, for writing music. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great analogy.
0: Did you look at com? No, no. What's that? So there's a site called com, and it basically has assigned all of these notes like pitches to uh keys so like keyboard keys Mm -hmm. um so you can type like letters and numbers on your phone and then you can have it play you a song so like i'll just type uh craig here we go no dude (laughs) exclamation and then 40 exclamation I play, points. I will play the song. And we'll screen cap that so you can you can all see the glory. <laughs> well, that's called typeatone.com. So that actually is a great like prompt. If you need just like a musical prompt, you could type like a long sentence about how annoyed you are that the mail is late or whatever and then Mm -hmm. it'll play you just like a variety of pitches and you could start composing oh wow
1: that's 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 pretty interesting i was gonna say that'd be a pretty interesting thing if you're like a youtuber and you're trying to come up with some kind of like intro jingle or something for your thing just like type in like the name of your channel or what it's about or something and see what kind of music you get and then write some thing for it or something like that would be like an interesting way of uh you know maybe getting some kind of Intro music or jingle or something. Yeah,
0: you could definitely make a jingle or like a little, just like a little intro, like Dee, doo, doo. three note, four note mm-hmm. kind of, kind of intro. Yeah. I remember,
1: uh, there's this guitar player named Ron Jarzombek. He's this like super badass guitarist and just kind of like forward thinking musician, like even if you take away the fact that he writes, you know, progressive metal stuff. Sure. Cause his music's like super complex. Like. He'll, he'll write these pieces of music, like scoring, like a scene from, uh, like King Kong or something. And he'll like score like, and it'll all go with the, like the, the scene. Okay. But he came up with this app where you type in certain phrases and it'll play like a sort of like blotted science, Ron Jarzombek kind of thing. So you could be like, hey, you know, Nathan is cool. And it'd be like it's like it basically is like this kind of like music generator thing, but sort of like in his style. Nice. Cause he has this like really crazy way of of writing music. Like instead of like the circle of fifths, he almost like turned it into this like uh I can't remember what he called it, this kind of like tone row, almost like tone, tone row meets circle of fifths. It's this crazy thing that he came up with but it's like serialism almost like is it like atonal stuff uh i mean it's very like it, it's it's like serialism in a way that like the music doesn't really fit in into any sort of specific key or you okay. know like you know it sounds almost like not necessarily just like random chromatic notes or something but it's just this weird way that he came he came up with it but yeah it's pretty pretty wild but, yeah it, it's, it kind of reminds me of that, but in a little bit more of like a metal metal way. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, you got have to send that to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Um, something I found this week was the Google AI Magenta Studio, and they made a bunch of free music plugins uh, back in 2017. Uh, knowing Google, they probably abandoned it by now, but it was like a hardware synth that you could build, and then they also had a bunch of software so I downloaded it all and I've been kind of just like tinkering with the sound. It's like a lot of synth uh shapes and it's all generated with machine learning. So Google is uh, dipping their toe or or was dipping their toe into uh making music with AI. Everyone's getting on that AI train. Got to. So they have like, I want to say five different plugins. Uh, so they have a generate plugin and like the generate plugin will, you, you set a few like terms and then it will generate four bars of MIDI for you. So then you could load in like a sound iron library, like apocalypse elements, and it would play you these four bars that have been generated from Magenta studio. So that's another way to kind of have a prompt. I really like prompts, like ways to start composing that are kind of chaos based or random randomized, I love randomized buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought this was interesting. I'm going to kind of start poking around a little bit more, um, at these plugins. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: It's like any kind of way to like get stuff moving. That's not, I mean, cause I think when most people think of music generated by AI, they think it's pretty like basic or it's just using some sort of basic theory, you know, to where it's going to sound like generic or something. Right. But I like the, the idea of stuff like, uh, like what you were mentioning that, like the type type of tone thing, or even like, I don't know if like, there's a lot of people that do this too, but like uh Morse code, have you ever yeah. experimented with like Morse code stuff for like percussive? Not for music. That's but yeah, like uh you can think of some some phrase or maybe maybe you're writing a song and you have like a certain amount of like a certain lyrics or something. Uh-huh. You know, taking those lyrics, typing a in and be like beat dee did dee 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 did. You know, even if you're doing especially if you're doing like Prague stuff. All that stuff is odd time anyway. So it'd be like five, seven, three two, five, you know, so you could take those rhythms and then make some kind of piece of music or like,
0: or maybe,
1: or even just using a piece of it, or just, there's some part of it that, you know, you know, you could take that just like one section loop it. So you don't necessarily need to use the entire thing, but the idea of using Morse code is a way of kind of come up coming up with like rhythmic stuff, I I think is pretty interesting. It's something that I always kind of like forget about until it pops into my head. Yeah. But so that's like a, a cool thing.
0: And then you could use the desk bow samples and start your composition. Boom.
1: There we go. The whole, great. all, everything you need to do a composition is right there. I don't know Full how great company. it'll be, but samples will sound good.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you, um, about,
1: uh, did you hear about? Did you hear about? I I read about this the other day. Did you hear about that girl who swallowed her her AirPods? Oh no! So I guess she thought she was like taking some medication or something. She straight up swallowed her her AirPods, oh, and no, and sent like a voice memo to somebody through her stomach. That's disgusting. Yeah, I couldn't find the actual. <laughs> like, I was trying to find the the sound. The recording, yeah, yeah, the recording, and I guess it was just like really loud and kind of like like what is going on, but I was like, man, that's something that would be interesting to sample. I bet it's wet sounding. It probably, I mean, dude, you'd probably get some wild sound design from that. Imagine like taking all that. That should be our uh, our next sick library. We just like sh- just swallow some some earbuds, just record, just like set to record, swallow them, record it. Our next, uh, flatulous library. No, that, the uh, that one I'll have to ask Greg about. Greg is the flatulence master.
0: Uh, let's see. One of the last things is, um, my buddy, Nick true runs a YouTube channel and website called mapped out money. And he did a video on how to buy the perfect gift and, um, he talks about like basically breaking gifts up into categories, mm-hmm. and it's really good from a, like a financial perspective, um how to give like a great gift to someone. And one of the things is like a lot of the times when you buy a gift for somebody, you are buying it for yourself a little bit to like watch them open it, like to get the joy of like. You You're know, living like, vicariously through yeah. Yeah. their opening movements, just to and see. So, yeah. Exactly. So most gifts are kind of bought for the giver rather than the person receiving the gift. And mm-hmm. so if you, can, if you can find a gift that the, the person receiving actually wants, like something that's in their hobbies, mm-hmm. something for comfort, something practical, or just like a gift card, those are the gifts that they actually would appreciate. And like while it's not as fun for you to, to watch them open up a gift card... They mm-hmm. actually, those are the gifts that are like better for them. And then yeah. he also talks about going, uh, basically taking like a cheap category and going expensive or like premium or high end with that category. So his example was like socks. So typically people, you know, would scoff at paying like more than a couple bucks for a pair of socks, mm-hmm. but they're like these cashmere socks that are like 15 or $20. And if you bought, like, you probably wouldn't buy that for yourself. But you could buy that for someone else and it's like this premium really nice feeling sock and it's like a, a great gift for someone else that they wouldn't buy for themselves. So it's like going premium or going expensive mm-hmm. in a cheap category. And I found a similar thing with nail clippers this week. Oh, so. Yeah. So, you know, you typically you get like dollar store nail clippers, mm-hmm. but I went on Amazon. Of course, Amazon has like thousands of options, mm-hmm. but there's these Japanese nail clippers that are $18 and they say like, it's the last pair you'll ever need. And like your nails will be perfect from here on out, you know, but it's $18. Is it 18 times more good than the dollar store one? Yeah. But the thing I'm is, gonna find out.
1: how many times do people buy? dollar two dollar items and just lose them you spend sure. 18 dollars on some nail clippers <laughs> you're going to keep those in like a very nice case in your drawer in the bottom right side you're like don't lose my 18 dollar nail clippers and they probably have like i don't know if like are the blades like supposed to be like super just take everything yeah. off
0: for thick nails yeah
1: yeah that's what i need Boom, you need so to give me some yeah, to so,
0: so that's like the, the tip is like buy something that the, the person receiving the gift would really appreciate and then go premium in a cheap category if you're on a budget. Interesting. Don't get them, don't get them a Rolex cause you're probably get them the wrong Rolex and you'll probably not be able to afford the nicest Rolex. Get them yeah. something expensive in a cheap category.
1: Yeah. That's always the thing sometimes like, especially I think for probably people like you and me, you know? The significant others like, oh, I want to get you something, but it's just like what we're into is so like, unless you're Nets. in, yeah, unless you're into it, it's like, you know, how do you know? Like, oh, I want to get some, so, oh, I want to get some new studio monitors. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, what kind? And it's like, you don't want to say you're like, oh, actually I was looking at these, you know, Amphions, you know, they're like $4,000. Right. Even though you don't necessarily need them, you're just like, well, I mean, and then there's like, no, everything you want is yeah, it's too, it's too expensive. But I remember when um I was wanting to get a a, a pull cue, uh, you know, my girlfriend was just like, I don't know what you want, you know, or like, I think she like snuck it out of me. She was like, oh, if you were to get a pull cue, like, you know, like how, what would you get? Oh, you know, there's this player's cue, you know, thinking about getting like a medium Kamui tip, you know, like most people aren't going to know those sort of, you know, specifics.
0: <laughs> right, right. That's very
1: niche inside the hobby. Yeah. Cause then you just say, oh, I want to pull cue. And then they get you some pull key and you're like, oh, I mean, this is cool, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's so that's the like, one. yeah. yeah. So that's another way to just like sneak it, sneak the details out of people, you know, especially if, if you're in a relationship with someone who's into like some kind of like music field or, or some other field that's very, you know, like, cause every, every field you can get pretty hardcore with,
0: you know, mm-hmm. even the if it's hole. like,
1: even if it's like cavassier or something, you know? Like sure. I have friends who are like carnivores of like certain types of things. Like, oh, well there actually, there's this, it, you know, came out this year and this and that, and it's packaged like this. Like the, you know, like everything is so specific. You're just like, what, you know,
0: it can get pretty deep. Well, this story was basically just to tell you that I'm getting you nail clippers for Christmas. Nice. Or you can get me the with
1: that uh, that neon sign. that says "hustle" on the back. <laughs>
0: Please don't YouTube get me that. YouTube channel star.
1: Yeah, give me a couple succulent plants, a neon light that says "hustle," and they'll be the next biggest thing. Matt, ad. Yeah. Insert sponsored ad. content. Yeah, this podcast is sponsored by. Nope. So recommendations. I'm going to recommend the two Madsen camper profile pack because I don't know if it's still on sale, but honestly, for any of you who are looking for some cool, uh, high gain Kemper profiles, I recommend them. There's some really, some really good ones in there and it was pretty cheap. I think it with slaps. the with the 50% off, it was only like 24 bucks or something. S- it's nice. steal basically.
0: And it gives you a bunch of like new amp tones and like yeah, yeah. design it's like, stuff.
1: Yeah, because this guy's worked on so many like big metal records and dude knows how to get a guitar tone. And a lot of them are just mix ready. So you just, all right, I want maybe a rectifier sound or like the main reason I got it because there's a lot of 5153 profiles, which I love. I'm a big fan okay. of those. So there's a lot of those. Uh he has you know his own chains and stuff like that. So really cool.
0: That sounds fun. Um, my recommendation is Valhalla supermassive, just got a new update and oh, vintage right. verb got a new update and they both got have those. new they both have new modes so um the Holo dsp is shipping my favorite plugin company and then the free drum machine samples the spring reverb Freebie. and then i also found this uh, website called radio with 4o's.com and um, it basically get, shows you a world map And then it, you click on like a, oh, you click on a country and it will play you music from that country. And then you have a, um, like a time stamp. So you can go back to 1900 in India and you can listen to what the music, what the most popular music in India in 1900 was, or if you want to go to like Kenya, Africa, and listen to what was popular in 1980. You can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's a really nice way to kind of stretch your ear and find some new music that you can kind of pick and choose ideas from. And I mean, uh, most of the ideas, most of the music worldwide, like I was not familiar with at all.
1: Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like, I like a lot of like older, like folk stuff or probably go back and like listen to a bunch of like early, like gypsy jazz or something.
0: Nice. Um, and then my last recommendation is go get desk bell and compose a queue in the next 20 days and submit it and get some store credit. Yeah. You have until the
1: 25th of December. And then also we just recently came out with Alta Xylophone, which is we a new indeed. cool, a new cool library. So definitely check that one out too. It's on intro price and uh really cool alto xylophone there's two sopranos xylophones in there a bunch of cool sound design get your wooden tuned
0: percussion on
1: yeah but yeah 25 days of composing you got until december 25th you know if you don't win you still get a cool free library to use you know so to enter basically what you're going to do is compose your track upload it to soundcloud and then send us the link in the submission form that we have on the website And then what you're going to do, and then we'll basically take all those tracks and put them in a playlist so everyone can listen to each other's submissions. So it'll be a cool way for people to hear, hear your music and yeah. Looking forward to seeing all the, all the submissions. Definitely curious to see what, what different types of ways people utilize it, you know, in their own creative way, maybe sometime this month, be cool. Do a live stream. Nice, you know, maybe yeah. write, writing something with desk bell. I actually, I don't, I don't think I got a chance to write a desk bell demo, so this will be kind of a fun way. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, think that about wraps up this podcast. Definitely uh, check out all the links in the description and follow us on Apple podcasts and all the other podcast
0: platforms out there. So you Spotify, can, building yeah. a super app.
1: Yep. Give a, uh, give some more money to that guy.
0: Daniel. <laughs> Eck, Daniel
1: Eck, something like that. Is his name? Fun fact: He's three times richer than Paul McCartney. Oh, bringing the Beatles back in. Nice. That, that's a that's a that's what we call the old. Uh, what was that? Full circle. Full circle. All right. So until next time. Thanks for watching. And Nathan, catch you later. All right. Bye. Peace.